0: All right, so I'm used to doing the uh the missions up in Morristown, which is a lot of people that are not saved, so I had to scrap all of that, and uh, I had to uh really think about exactly what I wanted to say because I'm talking to a whole different kind of group of people um, So this has been on my heart for a while. It's something that's really i'm as I talk to people that are saved and unsaved even. They have this idea of what Christianity is or who God is or who Jesus is. That's just, it's, it's weird. It's out there. It's not, it's not the God of this book. And um, so I guess if you had to put a title on it, it's, it's another Christ, right? It's like this, this other thing that we've created or that somebody's created um, that is not the God of this book. That is just a very dangerous thing. Um. So I stumbled across a quote, and I think it really, it sums up exactly what the problem is, Uh, and it's by a French Enlightenment philosopher, his name is Voltaire. He was a biblical uh, critic, uh, Bible critic, and uh, he said this, he said, God made man in his image, and man repaid the favor, right, so he's basically saying that, Man has recreated or reimagined God to be someone that he's not, right? A God in our own image. So uh, we know that God is not really like us, right? God, in the form of Jesus, came to earth, but he wasn't like us. He's better in every way. He's infinitely superior in every possible way, right? Numbers chapter 23, verse 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent, Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Right? Isaiah 55, verse 8 through 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. right, so as much as we want to, like, get along with this, God, that's kind of on our level. He's not on our level. He is not on our level, and it's like it's so important for us as Christians to understand, like really understand who God is. And I know that that sounds obvious, but we're we're getting we're getting too far away from that. Christianity now, not us, but other churches and other things that I see. On, on YouTube, and I see just in conversations, we're, we're getting farther and farther away from who God really is from, from what we know in this book. So here's what God has become, right? God has become a friendly Santa, right? A, a friendly Santa that always brings the gifts, right? Even when you're bad, right? Wasn't the whole thing like you got coal if you were being bad, but no one ever got coal, right? You always get the gifts even when you're bad, so it, it, it's conditioning people to expect reward for disobedience, almost. It's, it's a reward for, for not doing right. And that's dangerous. That's dangerous stuff. It's, it's a God that you call on when you're sick or you're in trouble or you need some money, but it's, it, it's not, that's not him. That's not him. Or the other view of God is that he's a, a taskmaster, right? He's this tyrant and he's forcing his rules and his regulations upon you, uh, and he's, he's, he's just ruling over these dim-witted people that either are too afraid or too stupid to free themselves, right? This, uh, the, the cracker of the whip, so to speak, and that's not God either, right? The, these two images of God, these two interpretations of God are too common, right? Too common in this current lukewarm church age. So I find myself doing this a lot. I find myself going back to the Garden of Eden. So if you would, turn your Bibles to Genesis, and we'll go back to the beginning of all the problems. I find myself back in this chapter all the time. It just seems like there's, there's so much richness that comes out of it because it's, it is the fall of humanity. So Genesis chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. Right, you got in verse 1, you got the doubt, right? Yea, hath God said, right? P- putting, putting doubt in the mind of Eve. But in verse 4, it says, And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. That's a direct contradiction to what God said. And verse 5 says, For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil right as gods that's that's what we're trying to do in effect we're trying to be as god right knowing good and evil what was lucifer's main problem in isaiah 14 i will be like the most high right we're always trying to be him and the truth is that there's only one him he does not share his his crown he does not share his throne with anyone He is the most high, and you you can't be like him. So mankind, who was created by God to bear his image and likeness, made the decision, right, Eve made that choice to become as gods themselves. So the God that was revealed to them, right, which is a very simple don't eat of this fruit, a very simple concept, but the God that was revealed to them was not fitting what they wanted or expected, it, it wasn't enough. That God was not enough for them. And that's what I found to be the problem with people now. It's that the God of this book is not what they want. It's not, it's not the friendly God. It's not the happy God. It's not the God that gives you everything that you want despite your disobedience. It's, it's a different God that they need to create in order to get that. And it's this, it's this thought that God just wants them to be happy Right God just wants the best for me, and that is stemming from that sense of i deserve right uh, I deserve happiness, I deserve respect, I deserve attention, I deserve love, I deserve praise, and that is not God that is uh, a made up idol right when, whenever people in the Old Testament would create these wooden things or these stone things or these golden things it was usually of, of a creature or some kind of animal or something like that but what they were doing was they were attributing god's characteristics to this thing and that's exactly what's going on today we might not carve an idol out of it uh like the catholic church but we are we are pre- projecting these these attributes unto a god that it, he has not explicitly said that he is in his in his word um God does not say, be happy. He says, be holy, right? God says, be ye holy, for I am holy. Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Uh, There is no verse that says that God just wants you to be happy. It does not exist. God gives you the fruit of the Spirit, which is joy, but joy is outside of the realm of circumstance. Happiness is that thing that kind of comes and goes, but joy is a constant. I have joy. I have joy. I know what happens when I die. I know where I'm going. I know who I believe. I know his character. I know what he's like. That's outside of anything else that could happen. And that's why I, that's why I have that, because the Lord gave it to me. right? That's a, that's a fruit of the Spirit. But unfortunately, the same Spirit that was in the garden, that Spirit that's just wanting to deny or doubt or create this God that it really doesn't exist... It's not only prominent in the world, but it's also, it, it, it's all over the place. It's everywhere. That spirit of, really what it is, is the spirit of Satan. It, it's cunning. It's logical. It's deceptive. It's pragmatic, right? It's, it, it's very clever. It's very, very clever. And it's clever because Satan's lies sound sort of like the truth. And that's why you got to get real. You got to be real careful with these things because uh, when Satan said you'll be like God, knowing good and evil, he wasn't exactly wrong about that. We do know good and evil, maybe not to the extent of what how God understands good and evil, but we can discern good and evil. That wasn't really a lie. Uh, technically, they really didn't die right when they ate of the fruit. That was right. You shall not surely die. They didn't die right away. They died spiritually. But it was kind of true, and we got to be careful because the best lies do have some truth mixed in. Um, that's why we need to get real close. We need to get real close to the real thing because the best lies have truth mixed in. We need to be alert, and we need to be vigilant. Um, Matthew chapter 24 talks about the, uh, the end times, which I'm pretty convinced that we're in now. Um, Actually, back, back then in Paul's letters, he says, you know that these are the last times, so we are, we are in the last times. But when the disciples are talking to Jesus and they're asking him about what it's going to be like in the last days, Matthew chapter 24, <clears throat> uh, Matthew chapter 24 and verse 4 to 5, it says, and Jesus answered and said unto them, all right, so the uh, disciples are asking, what shall be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age, of, of the end of the world, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Right? That's the first thing that he says. Right? Watch out because there's going to be deception. Okay. What kind of deception? For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. Okay. All right. What what about verse, verse 11? Skip down to verse 11. Many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Right? So, the first thing that Jesus talks about is deception that's going to come, and people are going to come in the name of Christ, but it's going to be deception. It's not going to be the true Christ. I can't think of a more apt thing that's happening in the world right now than than that that's unfolding, this false Christ that they've created. It's it's scary, and it's, it's hard to argue because they sometimes they, they'll throw a Bible verse in there out of context, and it's like, oh, well, the Bible does say that, but you really gotta be in this word and reading in context and understanding what's happening at the time to really be able to debunk some of this stuff. Second Corinthians chapter eleven has another good good explanation of what's going on as well. Second Corinthians chapter eleven. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 4 it says for if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus whom we have not preached or if ye receive another spirit which ye have not received or another gospel which ye have not accepted ye might well bear with him right paul is warning the corinthians that there are going to be people that are coming that are going to preach to you somebody outside of what i've told you about jesus and that is dangerous and he says basically you might well bear with him like i you might actually put up with it right you might actually allow this other gospel to come in and he's warning them and he's exhorting them and he's telling them be be aware uh, that this stuff is going to happen verse 14 15 verse 14 and 15 of the same chapter it says and no marvel For Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness whose end shall be according to their works. Not only is that spirit in the world, but there are also people that are being moved by that spirit to deceive people. Right? So it's not just that spirit that can affect you. It's the spirit that's affecting people that's affecting even more people. And that's where we're really got to be. We got to be real vigilant because he appears as an angel of light. He appears positively, right? It's always positive. It's always in love. It's always in support. Oh, you don't deserve that. That's, that's awful. That, no, that, you can't do that. God just wants me to have peace. Well, when it's all said and done, what we're talking about is just a lie, right? Romans chapter one, Romans chapter one, it's just a lie. And no lie is of the truth, right? It's just, you can't, anything that contradicts this book is a lie. and That's just what it is. That's just what it is. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, verse 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, right? Vain, like useless, like it just doesn't work, right? Vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. Uh, verse 23, uh, they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds, to four-footed beasts and creeping things. That's, that's, that's what we've been talking about, right? They changed the glory of God into an image made like unto corruptible men, right? They want a God that's kind of like them, right? The God that never disagrees with any decision, bless you. Any decision that they made, right? This God that's always in support of everything that they've ever done or anything that they've ever said. And this book is all about you're not good. You're not good the way you are. Don't come, come as you are, but don't stay as you are. You, you can't just keep doing the same things that you've always done and expect God to bless something that he specifically told you in his book that he does not approve of. <clears throat> verse 25, verse 25, uh, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who was blessed forever, amen. Who changed the truth of God, right? The truth of God is God is God, right? Into a lie, the lie is man is God. Right, that's what they've done. They've they've assigned attributes to God that He doesn't assign to Himself in His own Word, and that is the definition of lie. So we got to be very careful about that. And this is uh, this is an old book that my my grandfather gave me. I've been reading through; it's like a little devotional book. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, I read this, and it kind of springboarded and it kind of hit off of all this. So I'm going to read this to you guys and uh, let it fall where it falls, but. It says, the beauty of God's holiness, okay? Uh, We live in a day of pitifully shallow concepts of God. Some of today's contemporary Christian music leaves the impression that God is our buddy, a great pal to have in a pinch. One pop song asks, what if God were just a slob like one of us? right, that song, that is a terrible song. Uh, That is not the biblical view of God. That is man's feeble attempt to make God relevant. Uh, Do you hear the cheap twang of such a concept of God? These small ideas of him diminish the beauty of his holiness. The Puritans, the rigorous people of old, possessed a solidly biblical concept of God. Do you know why it is so crucial for us to recover such a respectful understanding? Because a shallow view of God leads to a shallow life. Cheapen God and you cheapen life itself. Treat God superficially and you become superficial. I was like, whoa, that is spot on. And I don't know when that was written, but that is exactly, exactly what's happening. We want this God that is so like us. We want to take God so lightly, and that is not his true nature. Right? Attempting to bring God down to our level is to deny his true nature, which is far, far greater. Uh, additionally, the shallow view of God gives, a, gives some license to doubt or outright deny what God has explicitly told us about himself in this book. Um, that is the deception. That is the danger. That is so easy to do because it, it kind of makes sense that you would want to rationalize this God of this book into something that you can kind of comprehend, but you're dumbing him down effectively. You're dumbing down who God is to fit your tiny brain, basically. And and that's not not what we are trying to do here. We're trying to exalt him, right? We're trying to put him up where he belongs, which is way above us. And then we just bow down and we say, please make us like you. Make us like you. So here's the big lie. Here's Here's the big one. God does not care about what we do because God loves us and is gracious towards us, right? How many people have you heard tell you that, right? God doesn't care. Or uh, God cares, but he, he loves you more than he cares about righteousness. And people that say this actually have a great verse for it, right? Romans chapter 6, verse 14. I've heard this way too many times. Way too many times. Way, way too many times. It's... it's uh... They stop right here. Romans chapter 6, verse 14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. How many people have abused that verse, right? I, I don't have to do X, Y, and Z, because that's all, oh, that's the Old Testament. That's this, that's that. God doesn't have laws anymore. We're not under the law, under grace. Well, go to verse 15 real fast. It's the next verse. What then, shall we sin? Because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Oh, that's it. Explains it in verse 15, but they stop at 14. But here's I have found I found another verse that I think sums it up pretty clearly. Um, go to Jude. Go to Jude. The, the Bible theologians just stop at verse 14. It's, it's hilarious when verse 15 just debunks exactly what they're saying. But Jude. Uh, <laughs> It's only one chapter, only one chapter. Jude verse 4, Jude verse 4, right? He's talking about these guys that are going to come in and going to try and deceive people. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ, right? Again, another warning, right? Warnings throughout the whole Bible saying that people are going to come and they're going to be false teachers who are going to turn God's grace into unbridled lust or excess, right? These, these people that are just making millions and millions and millions of dollars telling you that you're going to have your best life now, that everything's fine, that you, uh, you speak it into existence. What's that new word? Manifest, right? You're going to manifest it. And that is nonsense. That is nonsense. Um, and then you go to verse 15. That's where I want to park a little bit. Verse 15. This is a great verse, right? This is, this is what you say to the people that say we're not under the law but under grace and God doesn't care about what we do. Uh, to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. All right? Let's break it down for, for a second here, right? ungodly deeds that's what you do that they have ungodly committed that's how you do it hard speeches that's what you say that they have spoken against him that's how you say it and to whom you say it All right god very much cares about what you do and about how you do it we are representatives of jesus christ we are ambassadors of jesus christ second corinthians 5 20 We are the ambassadors, right? What does an ambassador do? He represents the will and the desires of the appointed official, right? The ambassador does not have desires of his own that contradict his appointed official, right? We, as Christ's ambassadors, ought always to be serving the will and desires of our anointed official, right? He's not appointed. He's anointed, right? God has chosen Jesus Christ to be the official that we are supposed to look to and say, what do you want me to do, right? Not my will, but thine be done. Amen. He deserves that level of respect. He deserves that reverence, right? He, he paid the ultimate price, right? Amen. He died not just for the people that would believe, but actually for the people that would not believe, Right. Uh, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And he laid down his life for not only his friends, but every enemy that would spit on him and would curse him and would pluck out his beard. And, And what did he say? The last one of the last things that he says, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. Right. That's 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 grace upon grace upon grace. And that's that's my Lord. That's my savior. That's who I'm that's who I'm exalting. That's who I'm praising. That's who I'm thankful for. I thank him for saving me. I thank him for for everything that he's done in my life, the good and the bad, because so many things have happened that I wouldn't get there. I wouldn't be able to get there if he didn't kind of move these things into place. So I'll I'll wrap it up with Galatians. Go to Galatians chapter one. How am I doing on time? Uh, I've used the 15-minute spiel, so this is a little longer. Galatians chapter number uh, one. Galatians chapter 1 verses 6 through 9 Paul speaking here I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel again another warning about another gospel that's coming to the people of Galatia which is not another, but there, so he says, right, so another gospel, another gospel, gospel means good news, right, so another good news, but it's really not another, right, he has to specify that you're going to hear a gospel, but it's not a gospel, right, it's, it's a lie, really, is what it is, um, uh, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you, and you would pervert the, the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. I don't think that's ambiguous in any way, right? He says it two times in two consecutive verses. Do not preach another gospel. Do not preach another Christ. Do not preach another anything that I have not given you, right? He, he puts it on himself because he says basically that he, he is following the footsteps of Christ, right? So follow me as I am a follower of Christ, he says in another portion of scripture. He puts it on him and he just wants, he just wants that other gospel to just not have any any place, any place with them. Any Jesus, other than the Jesus of this book, is a Jesus created of your own imagination. It's like Romans said, a God made like unto corruptible man. Uh, I put this, the Santa Claus Jesus and the taskmaster Jesus and the Muslim Jesus and the Roman Catholic Jesus, they're all... These figments of imagination that are not the God of this book, they are not the Jesus of this book, they're a deceptive counterfeit, right? They're a counterfeit. They kind of resemble the $100 bill, but they're, if you look closely, they're not the $100 bill, right? It's a cleverly devised and shrouded lie with some elements of the truth mixed in. And we know that no lie is of the truth. Uh, in the name of love and tolerance and inclusivity, the pendulum has swung too far. Right? it's too far into the acceptance and just accept everybody and it's, it's not it, it's, a, it's a Christ that never disagrees with you it, it, you can't have that if, if I read this book and everything was just agreeing with everything that I was doing why would I need the book why would I need, why would I need Jesus if I just wanted to keep living the same way that I've always lived you've got to be different right? you have an internal God living inside of you if you're saved that's got to create a change It's got to create some kind of change in you. Uh, The Jesus that you've concocted never disapproves of any sinful act that you participate in. This is why the book is so important, right? Christians today are painfully and willfully ignorant of who the true Lord is, right? The Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge, right? That's why we read our Bibles. We have our pastors and our elders and our teachers and our brothers and our sisters. The fellowship is so important to keep everybody sharp and keep everybody together and keep everybody of one accord because when we start kind of straying and kind of doing our own thing, that's when these things start to creep in. So we got we to make sure that we're knitly, tightly knit together in love and make sure that we're exhorting and rebuking and reproving gently and in love, but just make sure that we're all steering in the same direction, all rowing in the same direction because that thing can come and that thing can come swiftly and it can sneak its way in there and and it can't cause anything but problems, right? Uh, even so-called Christians are are being deceived. So uh, I exhort you all. I exhort myself. Uh, let's be be sober and be vigilant, right? First Peter chapter five verse eight. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, right? Satan transforms himself into an angel of light. All this stuff looks good and sounds good, and they talk the talk, but they, at the end of the day, they do not walk the walk, right? There's only one Christ. He walked the walk, and that we ought to walk the walk uh, because we're supposed to be like him. So that's it. That's all I got. I hope that was a blessing.